You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 2nd, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic bringing back Michael Carter-Williams into the fold as the Magic continue to kind of re, re, bring back virtually the same roster, really, Al Farouk Aminu, the only new player of note on the roster. We'll talk about what Michael Carter-Williams brings back to the team, as well as what all these moves say about what Jeff Waltman is trying to do with the Orlando Magic, as it has certainly been up for plenty of debate, and yes, comes with a lot of risk. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Google Play app, wherever you download podcasts, your podcast-enabled listening device. Just like there's podcasts covering the Orlando Magic, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you find here on Locked On Magic with local experts who know their team best covering and talking about their teams. Obviously, a big trade in the NBA with the Miami Heat officially acquiring Jimmy Butler, sending Hassan Whiteside out to the Portland Trailblazers, a massive, complicated 14 deal. But if you want the lowdown on what it means for the for the Southeast Division, for the Miami Heat, check out Locked On Heat. David Ramil and, and Wes Goldberg do a fantastic job covering the Miami Heat. Uh, and certainly now the Magic and the Heat are the two favorites to win the Southeast Division, unless Isaiah Thomas is healthy again, in which case the Washington Wizards might also now be a favorite. The, the, the division got a little more complicated today. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, lots of moves also going around the NBA. Clay Thompson resigning with the Warriors. The Locked On Podcast Network will have you cover whether it's the specific teams you're looking for or the national podcast Locked On NBA. Or now that we know where these players are, Locked On Fantasy Basketball will start getting you set for your fantasy basketball season two. You can find all these podcasts, again, wherever you download podcasts, plus NFL, MLB, and Colleges to you, all on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic more or less completed their offseason moves, or, or the, the major offseason moves, by signing Michael Carter-Williams to a one-year, con- or by agreeing to terms, sorry, uh, with Michael Carter-Williams on a one-year deal uh, on Monday. Uh, it, it was a little bit surprising. Uh, the terms of the deal were not released. It, it, I doubt it's a minimum deal. I, I would bet it's a little bit more than that. But essentially, the deal is kind of set up, uh, you know, kind of set up that the Magic are, are at the tax line at this point, uh, ver- uh, depending on how Vucevic's contract is set up, depending on how Terrence Ross's contract is set up. Um, but I would venture to guess the Magic are hovering right below the tax line. They've used up their full mid-level exception on Al Farouk Aminu. And so, bringing back Michael Carter-Williams, or perhaps the only other move that Magic can really do, bringing back Kem Birch, it's about all the Magic can do. Um, that they actually can use the biannual exception still if they re-sign Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross last. I'm not anticipating that they do that. Um, the market's kind of dried up for free agents. Um, it, I, I actually think there's, uh, at this point, uh, a decent chance that Ken Birch comes back on the qualifying offer um, at this point. That that part that wouldn't surprise me, but but restricted free agents usually take a little bit of time, so I don't I, I don't think we're quite at that stage yet. But Orlando's essentially filled up their roster. 
14 of the 15 spots on the roster are filled. There is only one spot left on the roster, plus two-way contracts. Emil Jefferson's still hanging out there as well. Um, he could end up taking the qualifying offer, although I don't know exactly how that works with uh, two-way contract players. So Orlando's pretty much done. And bringing back Michael Carter-Williams was a, a, a big deal. Was It was a big part of the puzzle. Not a big part of the puzzle, but a, a, an important part of the puzzle. Undoubtedly, Michael Carter-Williams proved to be a, a bigger spark than I think all of us anticipated. You know, honestly, signing Michael Carter-Williams initially felt a little bit like a joke. I, I hate to say it. Um, I think... You know, I think a lot of us had very low expectations because of, of Carter Williams' reputation, how much he had struggled around the league. In fact, you know, even the Chicago Bulls, a team that desperately needed a point guard, cut him after after acquiring him from the Houston Rockets. He really struggled to start the year. But he really found something in Orlando, whether it was being healthy, whether it was being with a coach he was comfortable with and Steve Clifford. Michael Carter Williams really uh, provided a huge spark for the team. The Magic's pace quickened. They had their best net rating of any rotation player when Michael Carter-Williams was on the floor. He really just forced the issue a lot for Orlando and kind of reinvigorated and energized the team. It's perhaps coincidence, but I don't think it was. The Magic went 10-2 and with Carter-Williams on the floor, and honestly, it felt like he was there for longer than 12 games. It felt like Carter-Williams was a, a big part of the Magic's surge to make the playoffs. Now, Carter Williams still has his weaknesses. He's not a great jump shooter. Uh, in the playoffs, the Raptors ignored him essentially offensively, uh, and he couldn't get the pace back up. But undoubtedly, too, Orlando needed the pace that Carter Williams brought. They needed the defensive length that he brought. He fits that mode of play that Orlando likes. They needed Carter Williams. And... While DJ Augustine brought a lot more consistency and, and kind of a steady hand, Carter Williams coming off the bench gave the Magic the exact, exact kind of momentum and energy that the Magic would need. And, of course, that's a good thing. And Orlando rewarded it. They weren't going to find it anywhere else on the market. They weren't going to find what Carter Williams gave this team anywhere else on the market. And at the end of the day, there is a question of whether Carter Williams can do what he did for Orlando in a 12-game sample over an 82-game sample. I think there is a very fair question about that. But the other question still remains is, where else would the Magic have gotten what they needed? With Markel Fultz still potentially on the shelf, it's, it's unclear uh, when he'll be ready to come back. It, it's, it's extremely unclear. With Markel Fultz still on the shelf for a little bit, Carter Williams still slides in as that backup point guard. He is ultimate insurance to just give the Magic something they rely on. And that's really kind of been the theme for the summer. As the Magic are just hoping they can recapture the spark of what they did last year. And maybe that's folly. And, and I, I think there's a fair argument to say that. You know, the Magic had a crazy 31-game run. And that was enough to get them into the playoffs. That 31 games was enough to get them in the playoffs when they went 22-9 to end the season. And it's probably unfair to ask them to do that again. 
then again, maybe they are good enough to play that way longer and can be a you know, 45, 46, 47 win team and be four or five, maybe, you know, at, at worst a six seed. That's the part we don't know. Will Vucevic and Ross regress? Perhaps. Will Carter Williams regress? Perhaps. There's still a lot of questions about this team. Don't get me wrong. And I'm going to address some of those here in, in, in a bit. But the Magic were left with few options here. And they liked Carter Williams. They appreciated what he did. And they went for it again. They decided to stick with who they know and to roll this whole team back. Yes, that's exactly what they did. They rolled the entire team back virtually. The only new guy is Al Aminu. And if Chuma Okiki can play this year, Chuma Okiki. And we'll see if they can respark that magic. Pun intended. Michael Carter-Williams had an incredible run with the Magic last year. He got rewarded for it. And now the questions can begin. Just like the rest of this team. Can they do it again? And you know, it's... The Magic were put in a really tough spot. I I, I, I do want to kind of stress this, because I, 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 I think it is important to say. The Magic were indeed in a tough spot this year. They could have either resigned their own free agents and brought, you know, bring the whole team back, or they could have let them walk and, and tried to find replacements on the market. And I don't think that would have been easy. You know, you could say Brooke Lopez. I don't think Lopez was ever leaving Milwaukee. You could say, oh, go after Dwayne Dedman as a kind of stopgap center. Dedman doesn't do the same things Vucevic does. I think what became clear very early on in the summer and very early on to, to Magic's front office, who obviously is armed with a little bit more information than we are, I think what became very, very clear is that if the Magic wanted to maintain their playoff spot, if the Magic wanted to kind of build off the momentum of what they did, they had to make sure they kept Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross especially. There was no way around that. Jeff Weltman, very presciently, if if that's a word, I'm not 100% that's a word, Jeff Weltman and his pre-draft availability kind of laid out exactly that they were going to pick a player like Juma Okiki. Pretty forthright. He said, you know, we don't expect the rookie to, to contribute immediately. That's, that's, they're rookies. They make mistakes. We're not, we're not going to put a rookie in a position where he is playing a major role for the team. And that who they draft will not have a bearing on their free agency. That, that was certainly true. And yes, I do think Jeff Weltman deserves some criticism for that, for that approach. I, I agree with taking the best player available in the draft. But with the limited resources the Magic had, I do think it would have been nicer to have someone who could contribute. Now, we'll see when Okiki's officially ready to play again. Uh, but um, they certainly, I think they definitely approach the draft as independent of free agency. Again, I think that's fair to criticize. But Jeff Wilman laid it out again what he was planning to do. He said the team's priority was to bring back Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross to take care of their own. 
And on that front, he can claim mission accomplished. We can argue about the amounts and the length, and I think I think we can. We absolutely can. I am an unabashed Nikola Vucevic supporter. Um, I, I've probably been more lenient on him than a lot of other people have been about his contributions to the team. $25 million was a little too rich for my taste. But I can also acknowledge that I don't think that I think that is a market rate because Al Horford got a little bit more and I think Vucevic and Horford were in the same market. And I can also acknowledge that the Magic probably weren't going to get a better option. And I think the Magic made their intentions incredibly clear about what they wanted to accomplish and what they hope they've done here in free agency. Let's go back for the last two years. Jeff Weltman has been pretty quiet during free agency the last two years. This was his first big free agency year. And really, the whole purpose of those first two years with Weltman were more about building the infrastructure for the team. They were more about creating the environment for others to get better, for the team to improve and grow. That was the project for Jeff Weltman. That was the project initially. That was mostly because the Magic were kind of hamstrung by the cap. They really couldn't do anything. And so Weltman took those first two years to build the infrastructure, revamping the medical staff, changing the, the behind-the-scenes areas in the, in the Magic practice facility, hiring Steve Clifford. And I think we all pinpointed this summer as a summer when Jeff Waltman would be able to put his imprint on the team, his real imprint on the team. What I think most of us didn't expect was for things to coalesce so quickly. Let's be honest. Very few of us expected the Magic to make the playoffs in 2019. Very few of us expected that this group, this group that's largely been together for the last five years and had struggled so much, would finally find the spark, would finally click for them, and they would finally make this push. We didn't expect that. And that forced Weltman, I think, into some different decisions different kinds of decisions than we all anticipated. Certainly did at the trade deadline when Orlando was hanging on to the playoff spot or hanging on into the playoff race and, and, and then made their push after the, after the deadline. But I think all of this was consistent. I think Weltman's approach the entire time has been consistent. I have said the Magic are a rebuilding team. I still think they are. I don't think they're a team that has reached their potential. I don't think they're a team that is near their ceiling. They have some flaws that they still have to fix and they did not address many of them this offseason. So they are still rebuilding. And it honestly would not surprise me if the Magic take a slight step back just from regression to mean and other and potential and potential injury luck. Although I do think the East is wide open and I do think the Magic should consider themselves as, as a, a team that 
should and can and will make the playoffs. But Weltman's approach has been consistent this entire time. He didn't want to put young players in positions where they would fail. He didn't want to throw them out. You know, he didn't want to put, put them in, in environments and in situations where they would be above their head. They wouldn't be able to succeed on the court. That's why they're patient with injuries. That's why they're, they, they, they look at the long-term approach with those. They, Clifford has never been that kind of guy, and frankly, Frank Vogel wasn't that kind of guy that would just throw rookies out there to throw them out there. To, you know, throw them in the deep end to see if they could swim. That's not been their approach. But the other part of their approach, and it was certainly signaled by the hiring of Steve Clifford, is that winning matters. They're not a team that's going to lose on purpose. They're not a team that believes that at least with the talent they have on this roster, and I agree with this, that tanking is the way for them to to build themselves back up. Jeff Weltman does not like using the word culture, but that's the culture he's instilling. A culture where players do the right things, they put their work and they're put in positions to succeed, and they go for wins. What they do, what they build, is all about winning. And last year was proof of concept. Last year, the 2019 season, the Magic won. The fans got back into this team. The fans are invested in this team. The fact that so many fans are confused or frustrated or whatever about free agency, and, and honestly, there's a, vocal, there's a vocal bunch that are a little bit upset about this, and they're not wrong. And there's a, plenty of vocal people, I'm sure, who think that the Magic had to bring their stars back and would have turned the team off if they didn't bring Vooch and Ross back. And they're not wrong either. But it's been clear, it's clear what Jeff Weltman was trying to do here. He's trying to keep this team winning. He's trying to build off the momentum of last year. And like I said, it's about putting the key players in positions to succeed. As I said, the Magic do not want to put players, especially young players, in positions to fail, in roles that they can't accomplish. And that's why I think bringing Vucevic back makes so much sense. Even at the price they brought him back in. Mo Bamba's not ready to start. We'll get a better look at him on Friday night, obviously, but when he, when he plays for the first time, the Magic have touched down in Vegas. They are, they're getting ready for Summer League. Mo Bamba's probably not ready to start. Throwing him out there as the starting center, playing him 30 minutes a game, isn't helping anybody. He's taking away from Gordon's development. He's taking away from Isaac's development because he simply cannot play the role yet. And that hurts everyone. Aaron Gordon is probably closest to kind of hitting that next level. But let's say you take Vucevic out and start running the, running the offense through Aaron Gordon. What does that do to his game? Now, he could step up for sure. Not saying he wouldn't. But he could also regress. 
He could also struggle. And, and we just don't know what Gordon looks like as the primary offensive option. Again, that could be something he earns this year more than anything else. And through this all, Jeff Weltman clearly believes that the best way to learn to learn what your proper role is, to learn what you can do, is if it's directed towards something productive. If you're playing meaningful minutes. Everyone on this Magic team experienced what meaningful minutes actually feel like. What meaningful games actually feel like. And you could A, tell how much they enjoyed it. And B, see how much more directed their focus was. In the regular season, they weren't afraid of that moment. They rode that momentum all the way into the playoffs. The big lesson from last year, though, the playoffs are a different animal. And by all accounts, it sounds like the Magic understand that. Nikola Vucevic, I think, said, Nikola Vucevic, I think, told Hoops Hype, or I saw in Hoops Hype, at least, I don't know if he told Hoops Hype this, so I apologize for not getting the direct source. But Nikola Vucevic said, this team is hungrier than ever after that playoff appearance. You could see how much it meant for Terrence Ross. You know, announcing his, his, his agreement essentially on Instagram while his family was in the backseat, coming back from the lake. Weltman, again, has telegraphed this, that guys like Vucevic and Ross feel ownership over this rebuild, and they don't want to see it turn back. Winning has always been what's mattered to Jeff Weltman. And that's honestly very different than Rob Hennigan, where I do think there was a predetermined strategy where the Magic were going to lose for two years. Where the Magic were going to kind of take a step back or were going to accumulate lottery picks without clear direction. The Magic, I think, now have clear direction. They know what they're doing can work. They know that they can win. And now they want more. And Weltman, I wouldn't say he had the best offseason, but I don't think he had a bad offseason for this Magic team. Because they're still set up to succeed. They're still set up to improve and get better. I do not believe the Magic were at the end of their road last year. There is always that concern that they'll be stuck as a 6 or 7 seed for the next 3 or 4 years. And that concern is valid and fair. But honestly, let's get stuck first. Once you're stuck then teams kind of know your talent a little bit better. They might have a little bit more value. And when you prove that you can make the playoffs over and over again, then the bigger fish start to get interested. Waltman understands that the draft isn't always the most reliable place to go, especially with the kind of roster the Magic have. The Magic have some nice young players. They are relying very heavily on the, on the internal development of Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and to some extent, Markel Fultz. That was always the case, whether Nikola Vucevic stayed or left. Keeping Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross just gives that little bit of backstop if they're not ready to take, take it on fully. 
But winning has always been the key to all of this. Winning has always been central to what the Magic and what Jeff Wiltman are trying to do. And that didn't change Sunday night. That didn't change as free agency has come and gone, essentially. The Magic will keep waiting for their opportunity to, to strike. They've got Timothy Mozgov's expiring contract in their back pocket. And I do think they will use it at some point. Probably not this summer, but maybe they will. And I think that's a big trade chip. That is a big chip, a big card they have to play. But it's all going to be directed toward that goal of winning in whatever form it comes. And like I said yesterday, the Magic are all in on the playoffs this year. The only measure for success for the Magic this season, the baseline measure for success, the the bare minimum that they can do to call this season a success in any way, shape, or form, is make the playoffs. And that's the kind of pressure you want. It's the kind of pressure the Magic have now established for themselves. It's the kind of pressure the Magic now have to play for. And that's always been the approach that Jeff Weltman has brought to this team. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. Up there on orlandomagicdaily.com right now, a really good look into... Uh, how the Toronto Rap on how Kawhi Leonard was able to beat Aaron Gordon on defense and why that why that lesson will be very important for Gordon moving forward as as he tries to establish himself as one of the best defensive players in the league and we'll see if he can get there and, and get some all defensive team votes this time I think he should but until tomorrow until next time we'll see you all again next time for another episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.